Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Refined Taste Podcast. This episode we're joined by Beth and Mohammed, co-owners of Levantine's Cafe and Bakery, located at 750 Elm Grove Road in Gates. Visit them Tuesday through Sunday for the best and authentic Middle Eastern cuisine. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Refined Taste with Dario and Chris. I'm Dario. I'm Chris. What's up, Chris? Doing great. How are you, man? It's, uh, it was a good weekend. Looks like it's going to be a good week. Definitely. Um, I'm really excited. We have another amazing guest. Every week we have amazing guests. We are joined uh, tonight by Beth and Mohammed, co-owners of Levantine's Cafe and Bakery. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome, applauding. Yeah, <laughs> we're good at that now. We uh, we get the applauding down. Yeah. We need um, like a little like laugh track, you know. I know. We need. Oh yeah, we're we're yeah. gonna do all that. You guys have to be the laugh track. Part. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Should have brought like a soundboard, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yes. No, you need fart sounds and things. Uh, <laughs> not that kind of podcast. Um, we're really excited to have you. We visited you um, about a week ago or so, right? Was it? Yeah. And uh, we had an unbelievable meal. I think uh, we're both still full, Chris, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I finished off the, I finished off the rest of the meal, but like the next day and uh i haven't eaten since so <laughs> that's right yeah we had, uh, i think enough pita for for the basically my whole street i think uh oh i, I did buy more pita i, I devoured yeah. that pita yeah i had to go to the store and get more pita how much can it I wasn't have, the same yeah how much pita do you go through in a week you'd say there how much pita <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, like fifty pieces. Well, like hundred. Yeah. Hundred pounds. We, yeah. Hundred pounds of pita. <laughs> we we use two kinds. We okay. I, I use the. I make my own for the wraps, and I I have to buy. I cannot like keep up with the demand, so I buy some of it mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. for the dips. That is Bach, but for the apps, we, we make it fresh every day. Nice. Okay. It's about like 60 pieces. Yeah. A whole lot of pita. Yeah. I think that's the name of the, the podcast. A whole lot of pita. Yes. A lot of pita. I mean, constantly like he's out like rolling out the individual yeah. pieces. I started out with a rolling pan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have my your, shoulders? Uh, couldn't take it anymore. Like, bah, like oh, yeah, <laughs> gotta go sheer on the front. Right? Place. <laughs> your um, forearms no. must be huge, though. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <Pie>. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Machine is doing the job now, right? It's uh, funny, like <laughs> when you do something at home for so long and you're like, oh, this is easy, no problem. Yeah. Like, we feed our big family, it's okay. And then all of a sudden, you switch to like the commercial volume, you're like, Oh boy. Okay. How do I do, how do I do this plus like everything else? And, you know, like neither of us came from a restaurant background. So when we started to learn like 
oh, there's a machine that can help with that. And oh, there's a machine that can help with that too. That sounds great. We like, we've learned so much and learned like different ways to adapt. So yeah, work, work smarter, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Save those. Cannot, well, you cannot like go fully automated. It's just, there's certain things you cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, like you were saying, like when we were making a shawarma, there's, like a certain way to do it and like doing it, you know, having a machine do it or like relying on a machine just isn't the same. Right. It's just, um, it's, it has to be, uh, you know, demand and volume, you know, mm -hmm. it makes you like shift your technique to a different direction. Mm -hmm. And um, like in, back in my old country, um, they do that huge, uh, spit of shawarma called the seed. It's like mm -hmm. like hundred kilos. Um, um, how much? Two hundred pounds. Hundred kilos of yeah. a shawarma. A yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like easily going through it a day. Yeah, and like I, they, you know, all day, like since like they start ten o'clock in the morning until like midnight. We'll mm -hmm. be gone. Really? And you know. <laughs> You could, you could, with that volume, you could like keep the freshness, like uh, keep it um, made traditional way. But I don't want to have that's that. That's the one that spins. Volume. You can cut off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> from the end of uh, Avengers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Classically from the end scene in Avengers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the ancient food tradition made famous thanks to right. Avengers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Before Disney that, nobody, does it again. Yeah, nobody really <laughs> knew about it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it opened up uh, the Western world's eyes to shawarma. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun secret for a while, like knowing what it was. And like going to places where you get it, and now everybody knows. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, yeah, good thing though. Like you know, I think a lot of the food carts in New York City have made a lot of like Levantine style food ubiquitous. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it's nice to see that it's starting to become more popular in other areas as well. So, like growing up here in Rochester, I always found that there was a specific type of like generic Mediterranean food that was served. But it wasn't necessarily getting into like the niche dishes or like focusing on one particular like area or heritage. But I think we've seen a lot of that start to develop because there is more culture coming in from like New York City and places where there are larger mm -hmm. immigrant populations. So right. it's cool to see stuff like that making inroads here and yeah. having people be so receptive to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's a there's a demographic of people that want to eat that as well. Mm -hmm. And you you know that firsthand. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, yeah, wonder? It is very popular. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Like everybody, like like Mediterranean food, but like anybody could like throw some feta cheese and olive oil and call it Mediterranean. Right. <laughs> That's and what a I lot of people home. did that. <laughs> it was kind it was of just annoying. Feta right? cheese, you're good to go. <laughs> Tossed an olive on top. Yeah, I, I have, I never had feta cheese until like I came to the U.S. We, we do not have it back home. Oh really? Feta is yeah. not a thing over there. 
in, no, in that area? No, we have like, call it Beledi cheese or Akawi cheese or uh, Haloum cheese. Yeah. Mm, um, what other kind of cheese we have? Shilal. Yeah. Shilal. Shilal cheese. Um, it's like a uh, string cheese, but very salty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it has to be like handmade. Um, they like get the, the, the ball of cheese and like they like slap it so hard like that. And <laughs> uh, cool. then like it will be stringy, but they cannot, they can only do it when it's very hot. Okay. And mm-hmm. like cannot wear gloves when you do it to get the feel. So like, and they, like roll it up into a ball and like tie it like tight. Fun. It's like all rope bundled together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the dairy uh, game in Syria is so good. It's so different. Is it's it like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really uh, good. Yeah, the cheese polls are big now on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Like that bite of something is like, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's huge. That'll get the likes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, one of the questions that came through um, on Instagram was. Um, and we kind of alluded to it was uh, whether you have like repeat customers or like people that come in all the time. Um, yeah, true. Um, I never saw like, I don't go to the same restaurant every day, but I, I do have customers who like come like on, on a specific day and specific time, like, or like every day. Really, and have the same thing. Like it's a real. They'll, they'll get hooked on like one of the items, and like I try to like stir them to like try something different, but like, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just give me what I'm like, what I like the first time. I mean, so the heart knows like, what it wants. It'd be like shawarma <laughs> and or like tabbouleh salad. Those like if mm. they get hooked on those, like they come every day for that. Yeah, no, I I find I'm the same way when I go to. I find a restaurant that I love and then I find the one thing on the menu. I don't want to stray from that. So I, I get it completely. <laughs> I, over the summer when I was off from work, I was here covering some cashier shifts and we would have people call and it'd be like, Hey, it's Carol. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And I'm like, huh, okay. What, what can I get you? And they're like, Oh, you must be new. And I'm like, Oh, um, wow. no, but I'm not the regular girl. Like, what, what can I help you, with? you know? So it's really cool to see that kind of loyalty though. And, you yeah. know, see it's, people's faces. Yeah. It means yeah. a lot. She said, give me the Carol. You know, <laughs> I was like, uh, and what are you coming for? Is this a menu item or <laughs> exactly. But you know, it, it's cool. I'm really glad that we have like that sort of environment. Um, the other thing is like, we live out here on the West side. We are not far from the restaurant. And one of the reasons that we wanted to open in this area is because there are not a lot of halal options out here on the West side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd have to, you know, like drive into the city or like out to the East side if we wanted to eat anything halal. So it's cool that we're seeing people like from our neighborhoods or like from our kids' school or, you know, um, just folks in the area get to explore a different kind of food that hadn't really been out here before. So I like seeing that neighborhood impact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we know in Rochester that uh, people don't like to stray from East to West side so much, you know, yeah. they need a good reason. <laughs> they act like it's a slog to get from like East to West, even though it's like 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll admit I'm on the East side and, uh, 
I, I, I don't get to the West Side often now. So, <laughs> so far. Yeah. I remember the first time we went to the IMAX here in Gates. I was like, where is this town? Like, did we get to Buffalo? Oh, Buffalo Road. Are we in Buffalo? Buffalo Road, yeah. yeah. It was wild. Close, close, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean know, just, a, from just a couple more miles. Feels far. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, no, yeah, it's great. I mean, I we know... We, I was mentioning it before um, that so many people recommended your spot. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of fans out there. People were excited that we were having you on. So it's really cool to see, um, you know, that uh, our audience loves you guys too. So it's great. Yes. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah. I like to obviously like brag about my husband, right? Cause I'm really proud of what he's doing, but I, I think that because he's, He's really the one who's bringing the passion to the food. And this is the food that he grew up eating in Syria and the food that he had like with his family and it's his connection to back home. Um, I think that that comes through and people recognize it, you know? Yeah. So we're, um, we're trying to keep stuff authentic. He works really hard. He's here daily making everything. Um, and I think people see and recognize that. So we really appreciate the support that we get. No, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, That's the good loyal faces what kept us going during COVID. Like everybody else, mm-hmm. like asked us, like how how did you do it? How did you like survive COVID? And like obviously, like just the loyal face that we have. Like I remember, like during the first days of the shutdown, that we had like so many calls, just people buying gift cards. They um, don't want to purchase anything; they just don't want to buy gift cards. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. very awesome. Definitely. I mean, yeah, if you love your restaurant, you don't want to see them fail. Um, and, you know, that's half the reason we started this too, right, Chris? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, these, these are all our favorite spots and, uh, you know, our new favorites too. So we want uh, mm-hmm. we don't, we want to be, them to be successful. So it's great. Um I yeah. think that a lot of people did get to try new spots, like due to the shutdown, like not saying it was positive, but I think a lot of people did like break out of their shell because they were like, oh, hey, like I should order out because number one, it's better for my health. Number two, I'm supporting my local business. And number three, hey, I don't have to cook dinner, you know? So there was like that mm-hmm. added reason to like justify like ordering food out. So I think people started trying different places. I know that we ordered in more, like we usually don't do that. Um, so it was cool to like experience things that way. and. I think, you know, the whole restaurant industry was able to like make new connections and really feel that support from the Rochester community. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a little like bright spot that we saw. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. People got a little more adventurous, I think. There yeah, wasn't, absolutely. There wasn't any other adventures going on. So they're like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's go to the let's Middle East. All right. <laughs> My sourdough starter won't be ready for a month. So I guess I got to work tonight. And I'm okay. like mason jars for my canning projects. So <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a lot of puzzles. I I, yeah. Yeah. I well, I was playing with Legos. Like that's yeah. that's what I was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, that thing back there, that's all Lego. I can't point at it. There. There it is. Yeah. You have something to show for it though. That's great. I do. I do. Yes, it's tangible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the listeners aren't gonna know what I'm talking about, and they're gonna keep it like that. <laughs> Could be a dinosaur. Could be just like a whole human. He built that. Can you believe it? (laughs) Oh my god! The beast for the eyes. So, So, um, 
Yeah. Can I, you go with the instructions ahead. to build that? I never <laughs> yeah. built that big piece of Lego ever. Oh, I just, it's, Lego, yeah. it took oh, me yeah. like a week, honestly. Uh, this is actually a birthday present. My friend gave it to me and uh, I put it together like in about a week. It took, it took a while. Chris just turned 12, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my birthday's coming up. Uh, so 13, big 13 in the team. Yeah, the big 13. <laughs> so get, get Chris some Lego sets if you want. Right in time for my bar mitzvah. It's going to be great. Absolutely. <laughs> Move checks, send Legos. Uh, yeah. No, also cool. send checks. Yeah, send checks too. We I visited so you. Um, we ate a ton of stuff. Um, you know, I encourage... Uh, people to check out your website uh, check out the menu we always uh, we we try to look at the menu uh, before we come so we kind of have a game plan Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time I always abandon that and just be like tell me what to eat type of thing right I want it like what's the favorites what do you recommend and that's kind of what we did when we visited you too so um, yeah we had a we had a sampler we had mm-hmm. um, we had uh, what the mixed grill plate too. Yeah, um, we had uh, we had labne. I think we had yeah linji, the um, the grape leaves, grape leaves stuffed as rice. Uh, did we have tabbouleh? We had tabbouleh. We definitely had tabbouleh. That was in the mixed grill. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you guys had hummus have- and baba. Yes. We had mama and baba. Oh, so here's something. So you have baba ganoush and you have mama ganoush. So can you explain the difference between the two? We call uh, baba ganoush. I came to the U.S. in 2012. Uh, My in-laws took me to uh, a local Mediterranean spot here and we ordered baba ganoush. And I was expecting pomegranate molasses, veggies as like um, parsley, onions, and um, mm-hmm. um, tomatoes, walnut. But I I end up with like eggplant and tahini. <laughs> so, yep. like, I don't know. If, not, I don't think a lot of places do yogurt with the baba ganoush here. Um, I was like, this is not baba ganoush. This is this is mutabal. We call it mutabal, mutabal, in in Syria. So, no, it's baba It's on the menu. It's baba <laughs> Like, no, it's not baba <laughs> So, I I didn't want to like mess up the terminology in that area. I'm like, when you like, so like, if you're used to the baba with tahini in it, and you come and you find pomegranate molasses, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of invented a different name for it, so we called it the Mama Ganoush. <laughs> like that. Uh, that's that's genius. You know? So Mama Ganoush is called Baba Ganoush back in my old country, mm-hmm. and the Baba Ganoush that is called Baba Ganoush here, we call it Mtebbel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, usually traditional way that the way I grew up with in Damascus: it's tahini, yogurt, lemon juice, garlic, and salt mixed in with the grilled eggplant it's all good stuff yeah no we we liked both of them honestly um yes i think i took all of the mama ganoush home i stole it from dario yeah it's (laughs) i was okay the the pomegranate molasses is not 
like a flavor that I had experienced until I went to Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly never cooked with it until, you know, like Muhammad came and he was cooking with it in our kitchen. And I'm like, how come I haven't used this before? Like, this is such a killer ingredient and has like such a unique taste. Um, so it's cool. I like that we can incorporate that in the dish. And a lot of people love it. They're like, what is this? Like, this is so good. And yeah, no, that's cool. No, I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, people don't know about. Um, and it's, it's cool to expose people that to that, you know. Um, I just like saying baba ganoush a lot. So. It's really fun. <laughs> so, so is it, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that the story behind the name baba ganoush is that there was at like a monastery, right? They call the priest's baba, mm-hmm. it's father. Right. And like, there was a priest who needed to like serve a meal to some higher priest who came to visit and they didn't have a lot of food because they worked in a monastery, obviously, like, and, you know, they live a simple life. So he mixed up these things together, made this delicious dish, served it to the guy. Um, so they wound up naming this dish after that priest. He served it to Ganoush. Oh, Ganoush he- refused to have it all for himself. So he shared it with everybody and everybody liked the Ganoush dish. Probably Ganoush. Stuff is good, man. Like, <laughs> more of this, like, the, what Baba Ganoush gave us the other day, and like, I think this is how the name came. Oh, so it was like a joint thing. There, they, yeah. so the Baba and Ganoush came together. <laughs> yes, Father Ganoush's favorite dish, and he shared it with everyone. So. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so we ate a lot of great stuff. It was um, my first experience there. Um, I, I definitely will be back. Um, I got to try some of the pitas. Um, the mixed grill plate was delicious. That's one of your popular dishes, right? Yeah, very popular. Yeah. Um, I think like because of gifts, options, but customize it. You know, you could pick a dip and a salad. Right. Not like... You get a mix. Uh, fixed with one salad or one dip. You do two dips or two salads. Whatever you like. That's yeah. right. It was something that we introduced during our COVID shutdown. You know, we were looking at like different things to do and we didn't have a rice dish on the menu. And we're like, oh, well, that would only work if we're doing dine-in for like a heavy dinner. And we're like, you know what? Try it anyways. Let's see. Um, and Muhammad has a technique to make like a really nice like smokiness in the rice. Um, so like we got that nailed down and we're like, man, like, I don't care if we're just doing takeout. We got to sell this. <laughs> like people are going to like this. So yeah. um, that like quickly worked its way up to our number one seller. People love it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a hearty dish. Like it's very, it's like huge. Like uh, the one time that I ordered, like during, um, during COVID when I ordered from you, like I got one of those dishes and it was like, I had a meal for like, two maybe three days (laughs) like i had it for lunch then dinner and then the rest of it was for breakfast and it was you know it's funny like when you're eating like real like whole food it Mm -hmm. fills you up you know like i can go to mcdonald's and like slam a full meal and be hungry half an hour later you know but um when you're eating like those like real hearty dishes like you don't you don't need a lot to sustain you yeah yeah Exactly. Um, yeah, no, you, you mentioned that you introduced that during the pandemic. Um, you know, we, Chris and I found uh, that, you know, it, 
it kind of forced you to adapt and, you know, kind of think outside the box and, uh, you know, that a lot of people kind of experimented during that time. Was there anything else aside from that that came out? I mean, we we um, we did family dinners um, every week. We had like a meal for family dinners. We felt like people are doing a lot of takeouts, and like it would be helpful for families to do like I mean, like a shared meal, just take tow off the um, like. Having takeout is not like economically um, the best choice to do if you are on a fixed income. So yeah. we did that. We did like um, try to do like conditional dishes, and uh, we did like some of uh, try to have like meat options, vegan, vegetarian options. We did a vegetarian option. It's called spal. Uh, with lentils and uh, egg noodles, cilantro and garlic. That was very popular. Uh, in the fall, this we guy. did. Chris's <laughs> eyes just got really big, yeah. With peanut yeah. chips, peanut <laughs> chips. Man, that is good, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spot. Mm-hmm. Like have like the crunchiness and uh, tenderness of the lentils with the egg noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we use different me- like if you want to reach like um, like the acidity level in, in in like the Syrian dishes we we do not like stay with um, lemon juice because like over there we, stuff is not available always in the market you only have what is seasonal so like if lemon is not in season you gotta find alternative and like we use tamarind a juice. Like it gives like sourness, like different than like lemon or pomegranate. That's why we use pomegranate molasses in certain dishes. So that dish is traditionally made with tamarind juice. And uh, I try to make it here with if I find it, I usually make it with tamarind juice. Right. And, um, we call it tamarindi in Syria, like uh, Indian dates. Um. We did um, uh, pumpkin dish in the fall. That was very popular. Everybody popped up pumpkins here. Yeah. That, is that um, coming back? Pumpkins <laughs> with chickpeas, tomato sauce. That was vegan we did. Yeah. Yeah, we, we want to bring that back. I think one of the cool things that we got to do was because overall we had less volume. You know, we were able to do more actual like homestyle cooking. You know, and make those dishes mm-hmm. that do take a little bit more time and are more um, more labor intensive, but really highlight more of what Levantine cuisine is like, right? So, like everyone knows hummus, everyone knows shawarma, but there's so much more than that, um, especially to Damascus cuisine. There's a lot of like Damascene specialties, so we were able to do some of those and introduce some of that, and we'd love to be able to get back to that point. Like we have this fantastic problem I don't want to call it a problem like knock on wood cross my fingers like everything salt over my shoulder um like we have a lot of volume to the point where it's difficult to take the time out to do those specials and do those other things that we were doing before um so we'd love to get back to that place but we're also very happy to be busy (laughs) you know so (laughs) yeah right (laughs) exactly it's a nice dilemma to have it's a yeah (laughs) 
That's a crash 22. Yeah, Yeah, we're trying to navigate the whole staffing thing that everybody is. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're finding creative ways. Um, The folks that we have are fantastic. We're trying to like make sure we streamline everything the best we can so that everyone can get the best service. But, you know, we had only been open for six months before Mm -hmm. March, 2020. Um, So we, we didn't really know how to do takeout. We had barely had any takeout orders, maybe like three or four takeout orders a week, nothing, you know? So um, it was a huge learning curve to switch to being totally takeout. And then it was an even bigger learning curve to switch back to opening our dining room again. (laughs) Um, Because at that point, we'd done takeout for longer than we'd ever done dine-ins. We're like, oh, God, customers. Like, this is wonderful. I love seeing everyone. How do we serve you and, you know, do takeout at the same time? So. Um, yeah, we had you, to learn a lot and learn fast. You're putting all the food in like a bag and you're like, here, right. like, I want to <laughs> eat here. <laughs> Honestly, that was scary in, uh, in the beginning. Like we usually have more value in the dining room and like having, putting food in a plastic bag and like sending it away with somebody just like, I hope it like makes it to their like destination. Yeah. Like well, you worry yeah. about like body food not surviving the time from like you handing it to the customer until they have the time to eat it. Yeah, no, I completely get that. That's kind of, that's scary for, you know, a mm-hmm. restaurant and a, a business and you put so much passion into something and you want and you somebody just to put eat it, it in a cardboard box. Yeah. To yeah. eat it immediately, you know, right. and you want that quality to stay up and then they have to drive it all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and they got, uh, or like, know, um, yeah. trusting the delivery service. Right. Yes. Yeah. Job. Yikes. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have that instant gratification again now of, you know, handing someone that super fresh dish that you just made that you know is like yeah. primo and ready to go and like watching them eat it and have that smile afterwards. Like it, it's so satisfying. And I don't think we realized how much we missed that until we were able to have it again. So, yeah, that's good. It's nice. it's true. Definitely. Um, Let's take it back to you. You know, you mentioned it a couple of times, Mohammed. Uh, you grew up in Syria. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, Damascus and uh, is my hometown. Damascus is your hometown. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, very. I I did some studying up on things a little bit. I I have a history degree, but you know, I not in everything. You know, but uh, <laughs> it it's one of the oldest cities, right? Yes, very, very old city, uh, oldest inhabited capital in the, in the, in the world. And um, I think uh, they found the first uh, musical note in like some city in northern Syria. It's called mm-hmm. Ogaret. Uh, yeah. First mm-hmm. alphabet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I guess the first Baba Ganoush. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you had to do it. Uh, so any other Baba Ganoush. <laughs> we have an alphabet. Be like, never mind that. I got Baba Ganoush here. <laughs> it's right here. Yeah, it's like, let me dip my pita in that. <laughs> I think one of the well, funniest things that I... <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I found really funny was um, there's actually like a, a brand of soda called Ugarit and Ugarit is like the like the original alphabet like the very first alphabet ever so it was just very funny to me that like they're using this extremely important 
Like, term. Find an important name and slap it on. Slap it on a song, you know. Where's the the soda from? Syria. Oh, it's from Syria. Oh, okay. It'd be weird if it was like from France. Like, give something a value. They like tend to like use ancient uh, civilization that been in the area (laughs) to slap it on like soap or like uh, tissue paper or soda. Sacrilege, right? Uh, <laughs> like, um, I remember there was a cigarette brand called Ebla, and that was like an old civilization that was in northern Syria. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we, we not the best, you, not the best, the best way to honor that. So. <laughs> old timers. Yeah, Native Americans have gotten the same treatment. So yeah, yeah. I mean, every. Every town in New York, almost. We're just getting uh, the football teams. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyways. Right. <laughs> That's a different podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's our podcast. But you know, food, food is linked. We've everything. talked about that oh, today and culture. It's not good. But uh, <laughs> so you grew up in Syria. How was that growing up in Syria, Mohammed? Was simple. I would call it was simple. Uh, I remember um, escaping school to go eat falafels <laughs> and just, I think it was like English class that I, I escaped. I don't know how, how I'm speaking English right now. It's just like, oh, it's useless why I'm learning second language. <laughs> did, you, did you always have a love for food then? Um, yeah, I did. I did. I um. I remember the first time, for, uh, uh, um, like my my parents were not home, and I have an older brother who was like with uh, with me, and I think he was like six years old. As he was like eight, um, and like uh, he said, I said like, man, hey, like we're hungry. Like, <laughs> what do you think we should do? He said like, I could fry some eggs. And so, Whoa, you could use the stove? <laughs> like, I think since that moment, it was like, oh, we could use a stove. Like, we're... <laughs> yeah, that, that's when it, it started. <laughs> it started, yes. And like, just watching my mom, or it's just making, creating something was like always my passion. Yeah. I did machining when I first came to Rochester, and I just, um, fell into it because like I, saw, I learned the concept and was like oh yeah like making something out of steel this is very interesting so I went got um, an associate degree from MCC in doing precision machining I think they called it the major now yeah worked in it for like five not five years graduated no graduated in two I think four years. So this then is like, like, man. This is when I gotta do my country. own. I cannot like run production. Yeah. <laughs> this is when you came oh, to America. You started there. What's that? This is when you came to America. Then you you started. You weren't. In yeah, America. I came 2012, and yeah. um, I wanted to like find a career for myself here in right. this place, and uh, I landed on machining. Just was very interesting. Yeah. Um, 
And everybody told me, this is the hardest thing about just Machining <laughs> is the hardest thing. You got to like do it. And it, it is hard. It is hot in Rochester, and I miss <laughs> it. it. You know, a lot. There's a lot of machine shops here, and they're all is the like birth of Kodak. You know, had like left all these machine shops, and they moved on, and they're making um, arts for other industries. Oh yeah, optics is big here. But I, I was always thirsty to like to do something is my own. That's why um, Levantines have come to be my next step. Yeah, no, no, yeah, now you're creating very different things. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I get to choose what I want to create. That's right. Which That's is great. fun. So, um, can I hear? Can you guys tell me the the story of Beth? You grew up in Rochester, right, in Webster. So how did you end up in, uh, how did you meet Mohammed? <laughs> yeah. I'll try to give you the most abridged version possible. So I majored in Islamic and Middle Eastern studies in college. I went to Brandeis University out near Boston. Um, and I thought that I would go into like diplomatic type work. Um, but I wound up, um, it was my senior year and I hadn't landed a job anywhere yet. And I was starting to panic. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to chill. Um, I'm just going to go work on a horse farm because I've been a horseback rider since I was young. So I was looking at job that, postings. That was an elective maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, was the, it, it was the very nerdy captain of our um, intercollegiate horse show association team. Um, so I was like, you know what, let me get a job at a barn down near New York City. That would be cool, right? The, job, the website I was looking on had postings internationally. Oh. And um, I had lived in Palestine the year before, and I lived in Yemen the year before that for a little bit studying Arabic. And I was like, oh, I haven't been to Syria. Look, there's some postings in Syria. So I wound up getting a job on a horse farm in Syria. Um, so I moved there a week after graduation. And um, Muhammad had come to work on the farm because he had a relative who owned the farm. Oh. Um, so we, we basically worked together. Like I helped teach him about horses. He like helped run things at the farm. Um, and we, we spent, you know, a summer working there together under really difficult conditions. Um, it's hot, you know, very hot. We were fasting during Ramadan while we were, you know, like slinging horse feed. And I, don't like, know. I mean, this sounds like a romance novel to me. <laughs> it is a romance novel. <laughs> Your love of horses got you from Syria. Yeah. Like, She's like, you know, when you're in it, Arabian feels like it. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, we can so package this. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like they say, I, like, I feel I, I know it's a good old days when. It is the good old days, not after like I moved on from the good old days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how it is. She was like, Mohammed, your head's very sweaty, you know, and she'll die. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, I mean, it was not a love at first sight thing. No. Okay. Like we, yeah, there was, there was some tension there, you know, there was a whole like, oh man, well, the, the owner of the farm sent his relative to come spy on me and make sure I'm working enough, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not spying on anybody. And he's like, oh yeah, this like stuck up American, like whatever. Oh. Like she's the horse trainer, like blah, blah. So it it didn't it a wasn't like romance that novel. Though. Yeah, this this still sounds <laughs> still like a romance a novel, novel, a little different. Like yeah. maybe not a romance novel, definitely a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> 
It could have been a rom-com. It's a very smelly, dirty rom-com on a horse farm. Um, But it was great. Like, I got to meet his family. You know, I met both of his parents. I met all of his siblings. So I was there at the farm, which was great. Um, Muhammad then went back to school. I got a job off the farm and moved into Damascus. So I was able to... um, I was teaching English while I was there. You're and American? I know nothing about teaching. I am 0% qualified to teach. Do I know what the present perfect tense is? Absolutely not. Great. Give me a teaching job just because I'm a native English speaker. But anyways, um, I, so I was fortunate enough to do that for a while. Um, and again, like I got to spend a lot of time with Muhammad's family, get to know them really well, like form a good relationship with his parents and his siblings. And yeah. um you know, it just clicked. So we got engaged and then um, my grace period on my student loans was up. So I had to come back to the U.S. because you <laughs> cannot pay U.S. student loans on a Syrian salary. They said, uh, they said, stop horsing around. <laughs> All right. I'm um, out. <laughs> Chris is now leaving. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I'm supposed to come up with <laughs> bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> come up with the bag. Well, yeah, so I, I wound up coming home and um, we applied for a fiance visa for Muhammad. It took um, a year and a half, almost two years for him to actually get that visa. So um, that was tough. And during that time period was when the civil war in Syria um, broke out. So that was that was difficult and scary. Yeah. Um, I had all the phone numbers to the embassy in Jordan in speed dial on my phone and would call and yell and leave angry messages frequently so yeah um, you wanted to you know, quicken the, thank god the like everything worked out yeah yes. um how was it in syria during that time uh mohammed it, it it was scary like different different like never used to like hear anything about um like nobody could ever dream of like speaking against the government or like try to like um, shout in the street like freedom and like it was powerful like it the government played its propaganda and said it's like not true not real it's like all fabricated videos don't believe it and when I went on the streets just like no it's there it's just I see it in my own eyes and I don't think these people are paid to go out and like risk their life. Mm-hmm. Nobody would risk their life just because like they're motivated by anything else. I think, especially like if they're like everyday people who like have jobs and, or like students like me going to school and, um, I don't, th- I don't think in Syria we had like a, was like motiv- motivated by economic difficulties more than motivated by like, uh, uh, like the, the, the injustice that has been going on for like 40 years yeah. by the regime. So, and there was like a new generation that had not witnessed you know, the rise of that regime, like myself, and just right. like was born into it. I was like, why we have to like um, obey this style of life. Mm-hmm. But it, it's sad that you could have something beautiful, you just pour it, like 
Um, it's born like front of your eyes and like it's turning into like what we have witnessed in the past nine years, I I would say. Um, Just, um, I wish if it had stayed peaceful protesting, but I think people had no choice but like fight back. Right. Uh, You lose, you lose your um, grounds when you move to like different, um, when it has moved to different aspects. So now it's, it's very complicated. Yeah. No. I, I just, whenever somebody asks me, I just go to the first days, very simple asking. We just want freedom. We just want uh, equality and justice for all. And not necessarily taking down the regime, but like to tell you, like the regime kept not listening. And, you know, that what has led to what is now Syria today. It's, it's very sad seeing like a beautiful country, a very steady economy moving into um, like people are having electricity like four hours a day. Um, the currency had lost its value. When I left Syria, one dollar equals five Syrian pounds or uh, 50 Syrian pounds or 50 lira. Now, um, one dollar equals 3,000 Syrian pounds. So it's, it's very difficult for people who are still living there. Yeah. Do you, do you still have family there, Mohammed? Difficulties. What's that? Do you still have family in Syria? Um, yeah, I do have family. Most of my family is still there. And um, they're, they're alive. They're, they're fighting through it. I think they, especially the older, older generation, had went through a lot. And like going through it again. I mean, it's not fun, but like they have done it before. So. Right. I, I, I see the light in the end of the tunnel. I know it's going to happen just in this time. And the will of the people is always the, the winner. And um, I think the Syrian people are, are hardworking and they're going to get through it. And Syria, like you, you, you mentioned, had like a very old history. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the Damascus had been destroyed and rebuilt so many times. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I know it's it's difficult times and uh, you like to remember the good times, the simpler times. Yes. But, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, it's part of your story as well. So we appreciate that. Yes. Um, I think one of the, the positive things. So there was a fairly there's a decent sized um, number of Syrian refugees who were resettled here in Rochester. Um, and I really think that that has been a thing that has um, made Rochesterians more receptive to trying different foods or learning about different people or like interacting and engaging with these different issues. Um, you know, so we 
One of the reasons that we named our restaurant Levantines is because those, the borders in this particular region of the Middle East are very new. And they were mostly drawn by Europeans, right. um, you know, in the last century or so. But the whole region of the Levant is ancient. And those lines are very blurry in many ways. You know, like Lebanese food and Syrian food is very similar and very shared. And yeah. in a lot of instances, it's just semantics um, in terms of the difference, you know, or like one slightly different ingredient, like, oh, you put lettuce in your patouche or you put lettuce in your tabbouleh and you don't, like, this is this. Right. So, you know, we make food that's primarily from Damascus, but it's also from that larger Levantine tradition. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wanted to call our restaurant Levantines and not specifically like Syrian cuisine, you know, or Damascus cuisine, mm-hmm. because it is this this bigger cultural tradition that has lasted eons and that makes America and like modern United States of America, like seem like an infant, Um, you know? So we, we really wanted to honor that. And that's another one of the reasons we didn't use the term Mediterranean food, you know, because I, it's very generic. um, And all that. Yeah. 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 You know, it doesn't. Mediterranean is very long. (laughs) <laughs> like that absolutely you know so is portuguese food mediterranean food is moroccan food mediterranean food like exactly exactly i mean technically egyptian food like greek food Turkish greek food, food macedonia Cyprus have their own cuisine yeah right. so, yeah food doesn't have borders right so that's <laughs> right. food without borders that's the name of the episode but uh food that's borders. good i like uh, that i like that <laughs> yeah but no it's so true i mean everything those lines are not real, really. You know what I mean? So it's like that, you know, everything crosses over. And then at your restaurant, you have all those different influences. So mm-hmm. that's, it's interesting to have all those different places and regions represented on one plate. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, and we, we really want it to be intentional about our naming and about the way we're describing ourselves even though it is against the grain and it doesn't fit squarely into the typical cuisine that, um, you know, me as a white American understands very well. Um, so we, we chose to take on that teeny tiny little battle and hopefully, you know, provide a little bit of education and a different perspective um, that isn't always shown. And, you know, we've been, we've been super excited to see, you know, folks that we know now being able to go out and open their own restaurants and call it Syrian and be proud of their identity and not be shy of the fact that they're Arab or not be shy of the fact that they're Muslim, you know? And um, I think for, for a long time, Mediterranean was used as kind of that, like, cover, you know, like this is more approachable. (laughs) Right. It's this food, but I'm not, I'm not one of them, you know, it's Mediterranean, you know? So like, that's, um, we, we wanted to be intentional about that and yeah. proud. No, that's a real thing. Definitely. I'm, I'm glad, um, you know, that you need to be proud of where you're from and not ashamed of that and represent definitely. So that's Absolutely. great. Um, no, it's awesome. I mean, uh, like I said, I, we, I eat a lot of Greek food. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I don't really call it Mediterranean, so, you know, I'll call it Greek, but, um, you know, it, it's great expanding my palate. And that's one of the things this show 
has kind of forced me to do too is to step outside what I usually eat. Chris eats everything, but uh, yeah, Dario's <laughs> eating a lot more vegetables. I gotta say, yeah, you've seen me I'm very proud of him. <laughs> it's true, yeah, I eat a it's, lot of meat usually. <laughs> there's a lot of um, I think especially like the Balkan countries, they get overlooked a lot in their cuisine. Well, they do. Um, yeah. and they oh my god, like Bosnian food is banging, it's so good. But again, I think that if we paint everything with that wide brush of just like right. labeling it Mediterranean, we lose out on those really great traditions that we don't normally have access to. Um, so I, I, I hope that I see the food scene becoming a lot more specific and a lot more proud and like where different food is from and people being able to embrace their heritage. And one of the things I'm, I'm proud of that Muhammad has done by, you know, having a Arab restaurant out here on the West side, we've, there's proof of concept now, you know, it used to be that the only thing you could find out here in Gates would be an Italian restaurant. Yep. And I think a lot of people were afraid to try putting something different out here, but we've done that. And now we're seeing even some other places where their primary type of cuisine is something different, but they're like, Hey, we're going to try to throw some falafel on this menu. Right. Yeah. And people are liking it. And, you know, I think, I think that's a positive thing and it's showing that um, there is a demand for different types of food in these more traditional suburbs where we might have a particular stereotype of what people would like. So um, I think that's been a really great addition to this particular side of town that Muhammad has added. That's right. I mean, you can't eat chicken French for every meal, right? No, so, you can't. Uh, chicken French is good. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying it's not good. Yeah. I mean, your chicken platter is also good. So yeah, that's right. That's what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, do you have some horrible, terrible ideas? I I have I have a few. I have a few. <laughs> this so, is a segment that we do. I don't know if you seen. <laughs> yes, I I have a couple of terrible ideas that you may or may not pick up. So we'll see. Uh, I was thinking for for the kids. Like if they come in, Syria, they, like the Middle East is the home of algebra. Algebra is an Arabic word. So right. maybe when kids come in, they can eat free if they solve an algebraic equation. Just like oh. put one up on the board and if they figure it out, if it's too easy, you can get out the linear algebra because <laughs> then they have to pay double if they don't get that right. But they'll eat free wow. if they get it right. We, yeah. we had some coloring sheets when we first opened. We, yeah, we, see? See? We, they were like Arabic colors, like trying to teach little kids. You know, yeah. I love that. Alphabets. Yes. That, that was fun. Yeah, so you, you teach them a little Arabic and then uh, teach them a little math, too. Right. <laughs> Maybe the differential equation. <laughs> just like solve, <laughs> yeah, solve for x and x is falafel so. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Is all coming up falafel i don't know what to tell you yeah exactly <laughs> the problem is that means we would have to know the answer to the algebraic equation and I'll, i don't I'll know if you. we can do that i'll help you, you <laughs> you'll be fine chris is volunteering. i don't know if you heard but uh dario's wife is a teacher so she's she probably knows math stuffs uh <laughs> all right well i get uh, all right i'll help you with that so yeah. my other my other terrible idea is i feel like maybe every once in a while um because people love shawarma and people associate it with 
the Avengers movie, maybe to get some people to cosplay as superheroes and just like come in and like eat some shawarma and maybe they'll get some more customers in. Like you're doing well, but why not do more? Just like have some guy with Thor's hammer outside eating shawarma. I mean, listen, listen, my, my nerd, my nerdiness runs very deep. I am officially putting Levantine's hat into the ring as being the official caterer of Flower City Comic Con. Please and thank you. Glad we do that. So, hey, hey, FC3, hey. There you go. You know, yeah, you're you know where to find Black it. Black Widow vibes. I like it. I like it. Hey, I, that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's right. You should, uh, you should do this. Like this <laughs> no, that's a good, a good idea. These are both good ideas. They're never terrible <laughs> ideas. They're, it's, it's advertised <laughs> incorrectly. So would you guys come in costume and who would you be? Because I saw, it sounds like you guys have volunteered to do that. I, I will definitely be Nick Fury. I will yes. come as Nick Fury. Maybe uh, to America, but no, no, Nick Fury. Chris, which, I, am, am I the Hulk? <laughs> you can be the Hulk. You could be... Uh, Not with that attitude, Dario. Well, you got a Brooklyn <laughs> shirt on. You either got to be Captain America or it's Spider-Man. Yeah. One of the two. That's no, right. you got to be Captain America. He's from Brooklyn. I'll be Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Very Perfect. cool. I shoot Tahiti. I didn't. Tahiti cross <laughs> on it. <laughs> Just not on the walls. Those are very pretty walls. That's right. Yeah. Well, we mentioned it before. Can we see those, uh, the tapestries that you have? Yes. So we have, sorry, this is. Yes, the tapestries. Really on my laptop in bad lighting. But it's good. We do have, um, so these are hand beaded tapestries that um, Muhammad's parents brought from Damascus when they were able to come here um, about a year and a half ago. They finally got their visas after being stuck in the Muslim ban for quite a while. Um, so we have those, check those out for anyone who comes in. I think they're really beautiful. They like shimmer in the light. Um, Damascus, again, like because it's such an ancient city, there's amazing craftsmen there who do a whole bunch of different stuff. So these tapestries are one of them. Um, we also have some really beautiful wood inlaid mosaic work. Um, we have some trays on the wall that were brought from Syria. Um, we have some boxes as well. Um, yeah, I think but, you, you posted some stuff on your Instagram recently. Yeah, with the boxes. Um, we're, we don't have a ton of them, but we're hoping that this winter we'll be able to do a buying drip, trip um, to Syria. So we will be able to bring some cool stuff back with us, some um, really beautiful stuff for folks to be able to purchase here. It's, nice. it's nice to be able to feature things um, and have like a brick and mortar location where people can look and touch and see just how cool this stuff is and, and the skill level that goes into it. Cause it's really astonishing. Yeah, no, definitely. That's great. Um, Chris, do you have anything else? Um, I don't have any terrible ideas. I do have a great idea that you should probably like right. uh, check out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, what should we do tomorrow? I said, like, you know, whoever's listening should check you out tomorrow. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. If you're listening from, like, not in Rochester, just just drive over. It's not that far. That's right. Yeah, not, that's don't be, yeah. Off uh, 531, first exit, yes. 531. Yeah. Off, uh, <laughs> right off exit 7 on 490, yeah. you're going to Buffalo. That's right. Perfect lead-in. Uh, where can people find you, then? 
Yeah, so our address is 750 Elm Grove Road. Like Muhammad said, that's right off 531. So it's really not that far. It's not super deep into the west side, um, close to the west side Y and the library, just north from there. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you didn't make us, you didn't make me go too far to the west side. It's not bad. So, <laughs> I mean, if you drive from the city, it's just like 10 minutes. And, uh, oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. So my, my to, uh, challenge for everyone, <laughs> put it into Google Maps, see how far it is, and you will realize it's really not that far. It's not <laughs> terrible. Just yeah. um, muscle, muscle memory is not built yeah. in. To go like it's that it's way. 10 minutes from where I live, so you'll all be fine. <laughs> it's not that No, no, it's perfect. not fine. Definitely worth the trip as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where, uh, what, where can people find you on like social media? Yeah, so we're on Facebook and Instagram at Levantine's Cafe. Um, our website uh, is www.levantinescafe.com. You can find our full menu on there, as well as some information about us and about our food. Um, and yeah, engage well. with us on Instagram. What was that? You do catering as well? We do. We do drop-off catering. Um, so we've, like, we do a lot for U of R, which is great. Um, we do a lot of like corporate events. Um, we cater for schools if you're doing like teacher appreciation type things. Um, we love to provide those meals. So just let us know. Um, graduation parties were huge this summer. But yeah. And if you're looking for a special dish, so we, we often have um, folks who either like have Arab heritage or like they, you know, visited the Middle East at some point and they're like, man, I had this one dish. I don't remember what it was, but it was delicious. Um, call us. We probably know what it is. We probably can make it. Um, just let us know. We like doing special dishes. It's fun. It's fun to, you know, get outside of our regular comfort zone. So yeah, yeah well, let us know. You whip it up in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wants Muhammad's amazing. Yeah, there he is. can he can make anything. He's great. Stump Muhammad. <laughs> That's right. If you don't want something to eat, he'll make you something out of steel. <laughs> to make you a fork to go with it yeah, yeah. there that's you go that's <laughs> awesome um well thank you so much for joining us we appreciate your time um we love your food we'll be back chris and i will visit yes absolutely thanks so much for coming thanks, thanks for so letting much. us gab so much <laughs> no oh, that's what we want <laughs> yeah we love to talk we love when people talk to us shows about you <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You You guys have a great week. Bye. You too. Beth and Mohammed at Levantine's Cafe and Bakery. I was going to say, they also have baked goods over there. I didn't really. Yeah, we didn't touch on that. that But but, uh, the end bakery part, they do have, uh, check out their menu. They have a lot of great stuff. We had, uh, we took home some cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were really delicious as well. Um, sesame seeds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love sesame. I don't know. I really like sesame seeds. On sesame seeds, like, yeah, a lot of things from the Middle East, especially the sweet stuff, they got sesame in it. And people are thrown off by it because Americans are only used to them being on, like, hamburger buns. But yeah, subbread. Yeah. is uh, very versatile. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they also have stickers. I don't know if you noticed, but there were a bunch of stickers that you can get. 
I don't know that. if anybody cares about that. It's like right at the register. I feel like that was for the kids instead of algebra problems. They just had like some stickers. Stickers are for everybody, Chris. Stickers are uh, for everybody. You're right. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch real quick on, uh, you know, the situation in Afghanistan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's appropriate for, you know, what we talked about. Um, you know, so... I'm, you know, I'm not going to really talk about what's going on, but I, I mean, as a fellow human being, uh, you know, I found it pretty heartbreaking and, you know, disturbing what was happening there. Um, just the images coming through. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know, Chris, you have any thoughts? Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of thoughts, but I'm gonna keep it short. But like, essentially, we need to we need to keep the people, both the people of Syria and of Afghanistan in our minds. And we need to really like do it. There's not much we can do, you know, just, you know, sitting here, but our, our representatives, our senators and our house representatives, uh, we can bug them and we can tell them to do something about this. You know, this is, it's unconscionable that we're leaving and, you know, the, the regime that we were supposedly ousting is going in and just like taking everything over again, right. uh, essentially just erasing 20 years of what we did. You know, we've been, we've occupied places. I'm not, I'm definitely not for, you know, world occupation, U.S. world occupation, but I am all about, you know, cleaning up the mess that we made. Well, and, yeah, human rights and yeah yeah exactly um but there are uh there are some uh organizations here that uh help refugees um whether they be from wherever basically um but there's some great organizations that i just wanted to throw out there maybe i'll put some links up um Please uh, do. cfc rochester is definitely one of them uh, my mom used to lead a program over there um, so that's great. Um, there's Rochester refugee services. Uh, you could just Google this stuff. And, uh, if you want to, you know, donate to them, if you have something that would be great. Um, there's also a school here, Rochester international Academy that, uh, supports a lot of refugee children coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, uh, they, they definitely need our help. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, it's the American way, honestly, uh, refugees built this country. So, uh, definitely. Um, so, you know, on that note, uh, we'll talk about, um, the next, next week's guest, uh, excited about her, Chris, who do we have? Uh, we are having, and I'm super excited. So Lystic Sweets is going to be on, uh, if you haven't had her food, uh, she's, she's on, she's online, of course. Natasha, sorry, I probably should tell her, say her name too. So Natasha Solistic Sweets, um, she's got, uh, she's always got something at Ugly Duck Coffee. Uh, she specializes in vegan and also gluten-free pastries. Uh, she gave us a bunch of sweets. <laughs> like we have like a bushel of cookies that she gave us and a cake in a jar, in a mason jar. Um, I don't know how much you dug into that cake, but holy crap. Like, Not yet. So yeah. good. 
Yeah, now I got to. Yeah, so that's going to be great. Solistic Suites. Um, I I don't know. I'm not positive of what the other cafe, but yeah, Ugly Duck, definitely. He was uh, Rory, past guest. Uh, you can check out his episode too if you want. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, she's been supplying him for a little over a year with her uh, vegan treats. Mm-hmm. Um, we visited there actually the, the other day um and she had some somebody bought one it was just great yeah uh, <laughs> we wanted to get his opinion but we didn't want to be creeps either but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it's natasha's gonna be great you can catch her at uh, a couple of the the markets um i know she was doing a nota one i think that was tonight she does the south wedge one on thursdays with our buddy laurel from uh the little brownie yeah. Uh, so hit that up. And then uh, I think she pops up sometimes with the lucky flea, too. That's where I met her. Um, so, you know, uh, jump on Solistic Suites. Um, just pop that in on Instagram and you'll yeah. find she'll post where she's going to be at. But uh, we'll be talking to her next week. And it's going to be a great one. Cannot wait. Yes, sir. Um, that's I think that's all we got, Chris. Um uh, the Richmond, the past episode, uh, they're going to be opening very soon. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should listen to it um, and uh, jump on their Instagram and see when they're going to open. They're going to be announcing things very soon. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yes. Another great one. <laughs> the glow up. The glow up. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Chris, man, I'll see you soon. All right. Yeah. You have a great week. I'll see you this week. See you. Yeah.